Come on. Welcome to Life Club. This is George G, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Chris Willis. Chris, are you ready to do this? I am. Good morning. Let's Good do morning. this. Let's do this. Chris is the Chief Marketing Officer, Chief Pipeline Officer with Acrolinks. He's a leader in the world of AI content governance and brand alignment strategy. Chris, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Sure. So, you know, I'm your average run-of-the-mill CMO that started with a theater degree from a liberal arts college. (laughs) That's not really a thing, um, but it is true. And and I think the interesting thing about that was I recognized, as one would, probably about junior year, that this was going to be a challenge from a life standpoint. Um, it, It felt good to be directing theater, but I need to get a job. So I I augmented that that major with a minor that would get me the job that I wanted when I grew up. Uh, philosophy was my minor. So no, I'm never going to work. Um, <clears throat> as it turns out, never, never going to get a job. Um, but I, I think I have the benefit of um, being a child of the, the 80s. Uh, I got my first Commodore 64 right when it came out, um, was coding games when I was in high school. Um, and when I did get out of college, uh, I could fall back on having some computer experience to get into a technology business, not necessarily in a technology role, and then work myself into those technology roles, became a coder, was doing some early visual Java work uh, at the beginning of the internet, um, which led me into sales, which led me into product, uh, project management, which eventually led me into marketing. And here we are. Um, and I think the, you know, the interesting thing about the, the story arc on that is that um, there's a connection there between my education and what I do today. Um, it wouldn't be such a great connection if I wasn't a C-level executive, but for the sake of argument, I am. And so we can talk through the story. Uh, as a director, as a theater director, my only job is to pick the right people to be in the play give them context, give them priorities, a little bit of blocking, and make the most out of them. Uh, That actually is a lot like what I do today. It's hiring the right people with the right skill sets to do the right jobs at the right time, provide them with the information they need, get all of the barriers out of their way, and make them successful. Um, So as it turns out, uh, those four years at Gettysburg College were uh, were worth a lot uh, to what I do today, as far as being a manager. As far as being a, a CMO and uh, owning the entire marketing operation of our business, I'm not sure it helped at all. I've got 20 plus years of experience doing that. Um, so it's it's all coming together here at Acrolinks. Um, and, you know, I have 20 years of experience in, in mobile technology. That's where I, I built most of my career, early days of, of packaged mobile applications into um cross-operation system platform development uh, into mobile cloud testing. And then I ran into Andrew Bradenkamp, the founder of Acrolinks. And the product that he has built over many years solves a very real product for people like me. Um, There is no, this isn't Mad Men anymore. We don't have a pool of writers that just type at typewriters all day, creating the the words of our company. 
you and I and everybody we work with are content creators. It's it's how the business grows. We come to work, we type things, and 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 so there isn't a line item in my budget for content creation. It's just a thing that we all do, and because we all do it, we're not really trained writers. We're not really keyed into the style guide of the organization. We may or may not know the tone of voice that the head of experience would like us to communicate with. Uh, we don't know the words that we use and we don't use. We might be writing heavily technical content in English, in English as a second language. Um, there's all kinds of things that get in the way of great, impactful content. Best intentions, but it's a long road from best intentions to impact. And what Acrolinks did, does, is it helps align. It helps move all of that process back to the first draft. Uh, we capture the guidelines of the organization, the department, the team, right off the whiteboard, make it actionable. The system learns those and now guides people, a robot on your shoulder, tapping you saying, you're not using the right words. Your content isn't clear. Would you? I would suggest you try this. Um, you're not using the proper tone for this. If you add some changes here, it's gonna make it sound more like us. Uh, and so for 15 years, that was really the focus of this product was helping people write better content. What I came here to do though, is push it further. And I think that's where things are getting really exciting in the world today. Um, there's a understanding that content needs to be impactful. It is the touch point. So, I mean, George, you probably, you know, much like me, experienced the last 10 years of people saying digital shift is coming. You got to get ready. Every, everybody needs to be aware. Sure. And so what we're trying to do was talk enterprises into doing more on the internet. It was a fear tactic. Something's going to happen someday. And the only touch point <laughs> you're going to have is the internet. But I don't think that's ever going to happen. I'm just a marketing person. March 10th, 2020, bam, digital shift happened. Oh, Wow, nobody True. leaves their house anymore. <laughs> That's this is getting real. And so your touch point, your only touch point with your audience is the content, the collective content asset that you've created. It's how you talk to your audience. And it it matters and it needs to be impactful. And so when you think through what Acrolinks has done for many years in aligning content around a guideline. The next logical step is to say, hey, are your guidelines okay? Because the, the end result of content alignment is a score. It's, a, it's an objective numeric score that says, you know, if this is an 80 or better, it's clear, it's consistent, it's in the right character, it is inclusive, it's got the right emotion, it's everything you want about content. It's exactly how you envisioned it. Cool. Then I put it out in the world. How's it doing? Is it performing? So what's the point of it? What is, what's the content you create? What's the point of it? How's it working? So if it's a blog page, why did you build it? Well, because I want to be found for the cool concepts that my company cares about. And I have some conversion points in there. I'm trying to generate some leads. How's that going? Well, we're not seeing a jump in conversion right now. We have some really impactful content. We have some content that's not working. Wouldn't it be interesting if through your use of AI, an objective scoring, you could see that you've created the content you want, then link with post-production analytics and see how that perfect content is performing. 
and then be able to build some models around that to either identify the fact that you're right and then spread that across a wider set of content or conversely, understand that you're wrong, that the tone of voice that you created, the words that you're using are not impactful to your audience. And what we see through our analytics is over here, there's this pocket of content that isn't necessarily what you think it should be, but it's performing really well. And maybe we should learn from that content. And all of a sudden we're informing our content strategy from our audience. Audience is helping us to understand how they want to be talked to. It's bringing our company closer. The end result being revenue, growth, retention, uh, customer satisfaction. We're doing better as a global enterprise as a result of being intentional. So that's really what gets me excited right now. That's, that's what I get up and do every morning. Nice. That is very cool. So I... <clears throat> I, 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 I think that I tracked all the way through the process. I think it makes a lot of sense. We need to make sure that, that our standards are correct in the first place, that we're creating content that is aligned to those standards. And then let's make sure again and revisit that, in fact, that those standards are what we want. And then how is it being received in the marketplace? Is it getting the results that we're looking for? And the result is, is complete alignment with what we want and it's effective. That is pretty awesome. That is a that is technology for good instead of evil, Chris. It is. Um, so I mean, you know, we're we're we incorporate AI into our product, and and you get a lot of okay. So you're just trying to replace writers. You know, we don't write anything. People are safe with our software. Uh, we remove mechanical work, difficult work. We solve big problems that allow people to be the creative aspect. Without the creative and the decision-making that humans bring, our AI isn't very valuable. Um, we could make this draconian and make decisions for you. You said test, I think you mean quality. I'm just gonna go ahead and change the word to quality, but maybe you meant test, like maybe that was intentional. And so you need to be the one that makes, that takes our guidance and makes it action. So everybody is everybody's safe with our happy little robot. Yeah, what I wrote down was it's a robot editor to a degree. Yeah. So just saying, hey George, this this looks great, buddy. You're doing awesome. I see that you use this um, test instead of whatever example you used. Um, so it's just alerting me. It's sending it back and saying this is excellent so far. But here's a couple of opportunities potentially to optimize this or to make it more aligned with your message. Or I know that you said that uh, inclusion was an important aspect of what you're trying to accomplish here. Would you consider making uh, tweaks here? Exactly. So if you think in terms of what uh, Microsoft Word does with spell check, that's correctness. That's making sure that your content is not embarrassing. It, it's spelled correctly. The grammar is okay. It's ready to be looked at. Where it goes from there is taking that correct, high quality, like objectively high quality content and making that content more impactful. And that's through scannability and uh, alignment to corporate words and phrases and tone of voice and like, the clarity level uh, required by the audience that you're communicating with, the consistency across the body of your content, things like inclusive language, um, accessibility emotion in that content to create, to take this 
correct content that comes out of whatever authoring environment you use and make it more valuable. And that's, that's where the concept of content impact and what we identify as content impact platforms come into play is it's taking a thing, the content, and making that content achieve or surpass the goals that it has as an asset. Nice. And I love the idea of content as an asset. And it's not really an idea. It's, it's a fact. <laughs> but I was, I was thinking the, um, the direction or the desire of a medical device company is going to be much different than an amusement park. So the inputs on the, for lack of a better term, the front end, as I'm training the AI, what does that look like? What is that so process? It like? is very bespoke to each organization because everybody has their own tone of voice. They have their own words. They have their style guides that they use, um, whether it's they use AP or Chicago style, or they have something completely different that they created themselves. And <laughs> the way that we communicate, like you say, is different from company and product, but even from department to department. So the way that you speak from a marketing standpoint or an internal education standpoint is going to be different than the way that you speak when you're creating support tickets, clear, consistent, concise, no emotion, answering a question, getting a problem solved versus lively, conversational. Hierarchical rule sets say at the top, we all spell the name of the company right. But down from there, different tone for the people that we're communicating with, different words for the people you communicate with. So if you think of in terms of a pharmaceutical company, the way that you market a product to a nursing mother is going to be different than the way that you target a product to a 55-year-old man. And you would best be served by communicating to each of those people in the, the method, the mode that they want to be communicated in. And so the ability to take a piece of content that is this, the same base source content and tailoring that to your audiences makes a huge difference in the way that they consume that content. And again, drives end results, which is in most cases revenue. Very cool. You said that this company had been around for, for a good little while. How, how long, not that it's ever perfect because I'm sure that it's always being optimized and changed. How long did it take to develop this? So this product was, was actually developed as part of a graduate degree program. And um, the earliest customer um, bought that pro made the decision not to buy the project, but buy the product, because the intent was if they become a customer, not an investor owner, other customers will come in and help to evolve the product. And so over the course of 10 years um, early on, the product was formed and developed and expanded. In 2017, the company was acquired by a, a private equity firm in Germany called Genoa. Um, and that was the beginning of the next stage of, of development. That's I joined in 2017. Um, and we began the process of, of expanding out in the, in, in the next direction. Um, and that's where we sit right now is in this scale up period where we've been growing pretty aggressively. Um, we have, you know, in the area of 200 and something customers that represent the biggest companies in the world, because this really is a problem at scale. It's taking hundreds of thousands, if not millions of documents and making them valuable. So we talked a little bit about content as an asset, 
but let's talk a little bit more about that. One of the interesting things that we discovered um, over the course of the last several years is that when you talk about things like efficiency, so, I mean, you can easily see just from what we talked about that we're creating an efficiency in the editorial process. There's obviously value there. If I don't have to spend three to four weeks going back and forth between writer and editor and then editor and stakeholders and then legal and writer and back and forth, like I'm saving time, I'm saving money, I'm getting more done, I'm getting more actionable content because half of the content that's created in the enterprise right now is thrown on the floor anyway because it's no longer relevant by the time it's delivered. So this idea of efficiency, I can save you money in your content. And you say that to somebody at a huge company and they say, cool, point to the line in my budget where I spend money on content and then you can talk to me about how you save me money. And unless they're outsourcing everything to an agency, they're right. It's not a line item. Um, you're creating content every day. You're, you don't have a strict budget for content. It's words that you're creating. You're putting them on paper. And so the redirect there is to think about the body of content that either they manage or their, their office, their company has in-house and the value associated with that. And it's usually a shocking conversation. So if you just take one subdomain at one of our customers in their, in their technical documentation website, a million pages, they can argue about how much it costs to create a single page. We have some mechanisms to try and, uh, try and assess that, but let's say it's $1,000. Again, argue and say it's 500. It really doesn't diminish where we're headed. Sure. It's a billion dollar asset. Like you have a very expensive asset in your business. Are you managing this like a billion dollar asset? And in almost every case, the answer is no. How much are you maintaining? How much are you revisiting each year? What are you reviewing? What are you uplifting? And the answer is usually about 10%. So 90% of your content is aging out on a daily basis in a world where regulations change, compliance requirements change. So you're creating risk in your agent content because you're not bringing it up. Um, what if you started looking like looking at this as an asset? How could you get more out of this billion dollars that you've spent over time? And this becomes a very interesting conversation for companies because you don't think that way. You don't, you don't think about the things that that employees do on a day-to-day basis as being that big of an asset. But when you start holding up content next to other assets in the business, it sits next to the product and the brand from a value standpoint. Like this is the thing that drives the business. It is literally the water that is, that is flowing through this business, keeping everybody alive and you need to treat it as such. And that's where we see this need to not just write better content, but own better content, more impactful content, and the ability to look at, you know, for instance, I see this one page and it's, it's converting at the 10% that I want it to. Why? Like beyond the, the topic, why? How is it written? What are, the, what, are the, what are the fundamental guidelines associated with the creation of this piece of content? Can we find more content? Can we look across all of our content, score all of it and find more that looks like this? And if we can't, can we make more? Can we use this as the guideline model to go and take things that we own, make it feel like this, and then push it out and see how it converts? And I mean, I'm a marketer. Every point of conversion matters because every point of conversion 
costs me less on the front end and gets more on the back end. All of this becomes impact that leads again to, I'm going to say the word revenue. Bam. I love it. From theater to philosophy to helping organizations not only write better content, but own better content. It's a natural, it's a natural progression. Chris, I love it. It's, it's a thing. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming out. Where can people learn more about you and how can they engage with Acrolinks? So I am at CP Willis at LinkedIn. Um, and Acrolinks is www.acrolinks.com. We would be happy to answer any questions that anybody has. Um, but I think the, the one thing that I want people to take away from this is, I mean, we sell software and I would love everybody to buy it, but it's not about the software necessarily. It's about being intentional. And if you look at, you know, consistency matters, um, there's a right way to do things. And if you document that, um, you're eroding value. If you document that and stick to it, you're building value. Um, getting things right early saves more time and money. Um, if you measure something, it actually gets managed pretty well. And as it turns out, most things can be measured. So even without software, being intentional about the way that you create content and why, thinking through the, what am I writing? Why am I writing it? What's the purpose of this? And how do I make it achieve that purpose? Just that alone, no software, no AI, no technology drives value into the business. And that's something that every single person, listening, not listening in the world can do on a day-to-day -day basis to create more value for their business. I love it. That makes a ton of sense. Christopher, thank you so much for coming on again. If you enjoyed this much as I did, check out Acrolinks. It's acrolinks.com, A-C-R-O-L-I-N-X.com. You can find Christopher at CP Willis on LinkedIn. I'll link all of those in the notes of the show. That was a lot of saying the word links right in a row, Christopher, but we get the idea. Thanks again, Chris. Thank you. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together.